welcome to the Beyond Belief podcast. We're glad you decided to listen to us today. We have designed this podcast to have a practical conversation about Christianity. Our goal is to make this show relatable, realistic, and relative. We will bring you the gospel of Jesus Christ so you can apply it practically to your life. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to the show. It's the Beyond Belief podcast. This is your host, Bill, and I'm joined with Alan, buddy. What? Are you? Are you? Do I have your attention now? Absolutely. Okay, yeah, I am here. You got here and got sidetracked or derailed or something. I did. You were derailed. You were busy. Busy's good though. Uh, today we have Mike on with us. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, fellas. How are y'all? Good, well. actually. Uh, third or fourth cup of coffee, and I'm doing great. Yeah, that's right. Same here. We're um, stirred. Yeah, we're stirred. We've gotten rid of the word woke. We've gotten rid of the word crunk. And now we're on the word stirred until that get cancel cultured. <laughs> That's uh, good. Hey, uh, where are you from, Mike? I am originally from, I, well, I currently live in a town called Brunswick, Georgia, which is, oh, yeah. uh, put it in reference, it's about an hour south of Savannah, Georgia, yeah. and about an hour north of um, Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. So we're in the southeast corner of Georgia. That's where I'm located. I've, um, I'm in Paris, Paris Island area, right? Is it close uh, by? Nope. That's, that's, that's South Carolina. Um, You're in that little Island. corner, though, right? Of Georgia? Yeah, we're... We are uh, just minutes away from um, St. Simon's Island and Jekyll Island. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's the coolest bridge there. I love that bridge. I don't know. Yes, what... until you have to run it. So <laughs> why, yeah. why would anybody run it unless they're being chased? <laughs> right. That's, uh, I ask myself that question a lot. <laughs> no, you, you are a runner, and I'm sure that'll come up in your story. Um, yeah. Yeah. So kick it off, man, wherever you want to start. Most people start off when they're pretty young uh, and just tell your story. We'll write down some questions. And then uh, like we talked about before we hit record, we'll interrupt you a bunch. Yeah, sure. No problem. Um, well, I, I appreciate y'all having me on here and give me the opportunity to, to tell my story. Um, I was born uh, just a little distance away from here in a town called Blackshear, Georgia. Most people have never heard of it. In fact, I don't even know if I could find it on a map right now. So it's still one of those towns that never really grew up. Right. Um, and in 1970, so you can do the math on my age, I'm a half a century old. And um, when I was about three years old, uh, my family packed up and moved to Florida. Um, we moved to uh, Northeast Florida. So we weren't moving very far um, right outside of uh, Jacksonville, just north of Jacksonville, a little town called Callahan, Florida. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. another, another town is uh, Amelia Island or Fernandina Beach, as we like to call it, Fernandina Beach, Florida. Um, I grew up, uh, that's where I graduated high school, Fernandina Beach in um, 1989 and uh, grew up surfing, uh, playing a lot of sports, as many uh, sports as I could possibly get into um, keep me occupied. Uh, I enjoyed that. Um, I was a student. I was not a great student. Um, <laughs> I always tell people my favorite part of school growing up was summer. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. just did not like school yeah, at all. Right. Um, <laughs> if I could just go there and just hang out with my buddies and that was, that's one thing, but I actually had to learn and sit still, uh, which is a whole nother, um, task. But my son asked it, my wife the other day, uh, how she likes school. Cause she's a teacher. She's uh -huh. like, yeah, it's good. And then he said, what's your favorite part? And she said, leaving at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I said, you can't tell him that. Right. Uh, that's right. Anyways, go ahead, dude. 
Yeah, no, I I told both my daughters who are now grown the same thing after they, you know, they finished. I, I didn't tell them that when they were little, but, um, but yeah, I graduated high school. And then shortly after that, I joined the army, um, an interesting story behind that. Um, I was a rebellious teenager. I'm the youngest of, of three boys. And I have an older brother that's uh, 11 years older than me and one that's seven years older than me. And then um, I come bebopping along uh, in in the world's eyes, uh, in, my, in my parents' eyes, jokingly, I was an accident. I was an oops. Um, but as we know, in God's timing, there's no such thing sure. as accidents. Right. But um, but I came along and I gave my parents a run for their money. I mean, it was uh, – <laughs> It was, uh, I can remember, um, my dad would say, you know, half jokingly, half not, he would say, son, you were driving me to an early grave. And, uh, and I, and I did, it was just, I was a knucklehead growing up. And so I thought, you know what, I am so sick and tired of their rules growing up. I'm going to join the army. And now wow. if that makes any sense to yeah, you, so you, changed, nah. you traded their rules for, for really strict rules, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Great idea, know, in comparison, yeah, that just didn't make sense. <laughs> but in fact, I remember my dad looking at me and he asked me what I'd smoked. Um, <laughs> And sure. seriously, he asked sure, me what right. I had smoked. And I said, you know, just uh, and and for whatever reason, God knew that I needed that. I needed that discipline. I needed that uh, more militant structure in my life. And so I joined the army, went off into the infantry. Um, I got a chance to to do some really cool stuff. I, I served with the Airborne Rangers um, for five years. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, once I got out. Um, I had felt God's calling on my life to join the ministry, to be in, in full-time ministry. Um, and so I set out on a path to do that and uh, back up just a little bit. Um, I ended up uh, meeting my now ex-wife, my um, my first wife. We uh, got married right before I got out, I guess about close to a year now, but I guess a little less than a year before I got out. Um, we got married, um, moved back to, after I got out of the army, we moved back to Florida, moved down to Jacksonville and went to college at Trinity Baptist college down in Jacksonville. Oh yeah. And, um, as anybody knows, trying to go to college with trying to start a family and you know being married is not the easiest thing. And then you combine that with my uh, ADHD and my love for sitting in a classroom all day. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't go so well uh, for me. It was, the college was great. The experience was great, but I, I did not uh, graduate from there. Um, ended up. We had a couple of children. Uh, my ex-wife and I have. Uh, we shared. Two daughters who are now 24 and going on 21 in a couple of days. Oh, wow. And um, the biggest blessing uh, God could ever give me is the most awesome thing is being a, being a dad to, to girls. And um, let's see, going forward from there, um, I was really pursuing something full-time in the ministry. And um whether I was relying on God's timing or pushing the envelope a little bit, I don't know. Um, time will tell maybe one day, but I uh, was really eagerly pursuing that and, and was seeking out God's wisdom in that all the time. But um, so living in that area in the Fernandina Beach in Jacksonville area, um, after being at college for a couple of years, um, I ended up 
taking a full-time position as a youth pastor up in uh, Michigan, far, far away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Total, total contrast of, of where I, where I grew up. And, um, Did you close your eyes and it, just touch the map? No. <laughs> yeah. You would think, um, threw a dart at it, but actually, wow. um, no, we, uh, it, it not to drag a long story into this, but my, um, my former in-laws, my, uh, mother-in-law and father-in-law, he was a Baptist preacher and, um, now a missionary. And they had moved up to Michigan a couple of years before that. And he was pastoring a church, um, right outside of Flint, Michigan. And he knew a friend who needed a youth pastor and, and was looking for somebody to take on full time. And I guess through knowing him, he, he gave me an opportunity, this pastor, um, and that church gave me an opportunity to come up there, move, you know, clear from, yeah. from Florida all the way up there, um, gave me an opportunity. And, uh, we did that for a little while, a couple of years and ended up having an opportunity to pastor my own church from there. God opened up a door. Uh, it was a lot quicker than what I had anticipated, but, um, but, you know, and I, and I really did not, seek this out. It was one of those things that got offered to me. And I was like, well, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Prayed about it and prayed about it. And the church had us come and speak and, you know, that whole thing. And, and then they asked us, asked me to be the pastor of the church. I was like, man, I was so scared. I did not know what to yeah. do. I'm like, <laughs> I've got to come up with messages on Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night. Y'all are kidding. So, right. you know, but, um, was but this the same my, church where you were a youth pastor or somewhere else? No, no, it was somewhere else. Okay. It was about an hour away. Okay. Um, and, uh, and it was closer actually to my, uh, in-laws and he, right. he, he had offered his support, you know, with anything I needed, you know, come up with any, um, you know, any kind of issues, any kind of problems, any kind of questions you have, you know, I'm, I'm right here, you know, just a, a little ways away and I'll be glad to help you. And he, and he was a great support, uh, in that. So he ended up, um, staying there for a little while and, and had discovered that really this whole being the senior pastor being the butcher, the baker and the candlestick maker was not really what I had thought it was going to be. Um, I didn't really know what to expect, but I, that wasn't it. <laughs> That wasn't it. I don't. I don't, just didn't really feel like I. I really needed to be in that position. And as as good as the people were to us there, it was a it was a very a much older congregation. And here I am, just you know, at this point I'm thirty one, thirty two years old, got a young family, and we had you know the Lord had allowed the church to grow quite a bit um, during that time with some younger families, but. The and you know I understand that the you know there are churches that have uh, more of a traditional right. Western right. style of worship and and there are churches that go completely opposite on the other end and my style my preferences notice I said preferences I don't believe you know that one size fits all with, when yeah. it comes to style and things like that mine were more. Uh, I wanted to be a little more innovative and a little more up toward the times and the, Some and the people don't like not, change. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> Mark Twain said the only person that likes change is a wet baby. And that, and that is so true. <laughs> um, 
So we'll have to use that. Yeah, it's please do. It's pretty. It's very appropriate. But um, so going back to this this church, like I said, the people were wonderful. They were great, but they did not. They did not want to get out of the hymn books. Like I said, which is fine. I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying that that was really not where I wanted to head, the direction I wanted to go. As I thought, you know, we can, without compromising the word of God, we can make some changes. We can do some things that that are a little more up to date, a little more innovative and, and different forms of outreach and that sort of thing. And they, they didn't really seem to want to budge on that. And that's fine. So um, up comes another uh, opportunity, I guess, um, there was a church right outside of uh, Washington, D.C. that was looking for an associate pastor. Um, a lot more responsibilities in the sense that it was a, a larger church and uh, had a bigger staff. It actually had a school, um, a Christian school with them, which I, it did not end up being in any way associated with the school as far as my responsibilities were concerned. But um but I did end up uh, taking a position with that church, and um, and it was a lot more uh, up to date. I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time thinking of the words I'm trying to use when it comes to describing it. The, the ministry style was a lot more like relevant, innovative, uh, and their their style of worship was a lot more contemporary. Yeah. With that, so um, so it was a little less. There, it was a little uh, less traditional Baptist. About and... four years, we were there for about four years, and and really loved it. And um, two things occurred about that during that time. Um, one was uh, my father, who my mother and father had retired and moved back up to Georgia, in the area that I'm in now, in the Brunswick area, um, and my dad had. COPD and um, emphysema and was getting worse and much worse. And also the second thing that was happening was uh, I was having a lot of trouble in my marriage and uh, not to go into any detail with that, but I thought, you know, it may be a good time to step out of the ministry full time and focus on these things. And so we did, we decided to uh, pack up a move and I took a, um, a, a non-ministry related job after that. And I've actually been uh, with this company. Now we've been back down here for 13 years. Um, my dad has since, uh, he, he passed away about, I guess it was about three months after we got back. So we got a chance, you know, for my kids to be with my, with my dad, with their papa and, uh, spend some good time with him and as well as myself. Um, and, Let's see. Since then, a lot of things have changed. I've been uh, divorced, um, and my kids have seemed to have grown up and and uh, left the nest. And uh, <laughs> that's a that's a really cool thing to watch them do that because they've uh, they are bright young ladies, beautiful ladies who are hardworking and uh, good good young ladies. And uh, my ex-wife and I get along great now. That was not always the case, but uh, we are, um, you know, happily parted, uh, happy together in our in our own uh, situations. And I have since um, met someone and got remarried. So I will be, uh, let's see, nine and a half years now. Oh, wow. Good. Remarried. Yeah. So, um, 
and it's just uh it's been a whirlwind um it's been a crazy adventure uh i wouldn't change it for anything as far as um well, really for any of it, because I've learned so much. Uh, God has God has allowed me to go through so much to, to be able to teach me some things. And hopefully I've, I've, uh, I've been faithful in those areas of my life and um, trusting it more and more. So that's really about it in a nutshell. Oh, good. We're going to now we're going to blast you with some questions. <laughs> go ahead. Go hey, uh, so will you go back to when you were uh, younger? When, what was your, uh, church life like, or your, I hate to say religion, but what was religion like for you in your teenage years? Like, did, were you, were you brought to church all the time? Did you, were you regular in church? Were your parents faithful? Yeah. Good question. Um, yes. Growing up, um, my parents, uh, being followers of Christ, um, thought that it was very important that we go to church. Um, and, uh, I think (laughs) when I was really young, um, I I jokingly said this, I think I had an option. I could either go to church or I could get a butt whipping and go to church. So either way you're going to church. (laughs) Yeah. Either way you're going to church. So, um, and you know, this is when I was really small, this is the seventies. And so everybody wore their Sunday best. And there's nothing wrong with that. Not, not criticizing that at all, but that's what it was. Um, you know, we all dressed up on a, on a Sunday and in a small town, you didn't, uh, Back then, you didn't really go out to eat. Mom came home and and cooked a big old lunch, and uh, and we did those things. But yeah, we would go to church. Um, part, most of my childhood was spent going to uh, the Baptist church. I guess really at the time it was the only Baptist church from what I can remember. But we also spent um, a little bit of time, and I can't really understand. Never really asked my parents this because it wasn't that important to me. But there was a little Methodist church down the street that we would go to sometimes as well. Um, and Interesting, because so I did the same thing. We went to a Baptist church with my grandparents, but my dad took us to a Methodist church. Really? Okay. Yeah. And Very I'm cool. we're. I don't know if it was a thing of the times because yeah, I'm I'm fifty, going to be fifty two this month. Okay. Oh, no, it's weird. It was really weird. My grandparents were Baptist. My dad was Baptist, but we had a Methodist church that was closer. So we would go to the Methodist church sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember my dad joking and saying that the, uh, that the Methodists get out on time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure that was a, a, a real thing for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I used to tell him, you know, as a kid, I used to tell him, I said, dad, you know, you look on the, and, and I said this, of course, in a very respectful way, but I would say, Dad, you look on the marquee, it says service, you know, it said Sunday school at 10 and it said church at 11. It didn't say 11 to 12. It just right. said 11. Right. So, right. you know, and he said, well, well, we go home at 12. So <laughs> <laughs> we've we've been to a church man, where, I mean, you could hear the people groaning at noon. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, they would, they're, you know, tapping their watch and looking around and I'm like, oh, geez, like it's yeah. <laughs> right. It doesn't have an end time. <laughs> right? That's right. Yeah. But to some people, man, you just, <laughs> there's a whole yeah. list of things. Don't yeah. sit in my pew. Right. Don't, uh, you know. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. You sit in somebody's pew and it could ruin their whole day. Oh my goodness! I would jokingly walk in and go, "Hey, you're in my seat." And then people would, I mean, they would get right. they would get unglued. And I'm like, I'm yeah. kidding. Like, who cares? Right. You know. Right. Exactly. Uh, so in your so 
uh, story of salvation? Yep. Do you have a time when you remember uh, turning your life over to Christ? Yep, I sure do. Um, it was when I was a teenager, a young teenager. I was, it was when I was 14. Um, I had heard the gospel all my life and it was one of those things that I just kind of, eh, it's not really, you know, for me, I'm too young or whatever. I'd make excuses, but it was at the Baptist church. Um, I'll never forget. It was a Sunday morning. Um, the, the pastor had been talking about salvation and how, you know, there's nothing that we can do to earn it. There's nothing that we can do to, to buy our way into heaven. There's nothing we can do outside of accepting Christ and what he did and his finished work on the cross. And, and uh, we needed to repent of our sins and turn uh, from our ways and trust in him, place, place our faith and our trust in him. And so I did that right there on a Sunday morning um, and went, went down the aisle, as they say, and, and, uh, shook hands with the pastor as a, as a young man and said, Hey, you know, I've made this decision to, to be a follower of Christ, to accept Christ um, as my Lord and my savior, not just my savior to say, Hey, you know, now I don't have to go to hell. Thank God. And it, you know, it was, it was to be the Lord of my life as well. And that was a, that was a serious commitment. That was a commitment that, that was talked about. Uh, and it, and it required sacrifice. It required, um, dying to self and, and placing all of your daily trust in, in the Lord. And I think it was maybe a week later, I ended up, uh, getting baptized in that same church and, um, and, and that's it. But yeah, I do remember a very specific time. And then everything um, was better. <laughs> yeah, everything was uh, was uh, was tulips and roses yeah. and uh, unicorns. And, it's crazy and how else. that works, man. Like, it's like you pay more attention to the struggles in your life and the things that you are held accountable for at a different standard. Yep. Especially yeah, when you down. measure it by the Bible. But you said it. You know, uh, actually, um, when you when you accepted Jesus, when you uh, accepted your your when you received your salvation, right? You um, right. also, you know, accepted that, that Jesus was Lord of your life, and I think that's so difficult for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. They they think, okay, well, I'm not going to hell, but it's kind of like, but I'm going to do my own thing still. Yeah, you they can't have yeah. it both ways. Yeah, exactly. It's, well, I mean, you you could try. It's hard. <laughs> it doesn't I mean, work. It, right. it doesn't work out. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I've been there. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Like, and I'm not making light of it. I mean, it just doesn't work. No. You can right. fool yourself yeah. all day long and say, "Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just, you know, I'm saved. I'm good. I'm gonna live my life however I want," and then have no accountability. Uh, you have to look right. at yourself in the mirror. So, so I was looking at your yeah. uh, thing here, and you, you go to a non-denominational church now. Is that uh, because of the traditions that you were? trying to get away from um i can you know i can barely hear you alan i'm sorry what was the first part of that question okay i apologize um, that's okay it's bill's fault actually it's he's always he's my fault yeah so anyway <laughs> um no you have one here you on your um questionnaire that you go to non-denominational church now is that because Correct. you were trying to go get away from the traditions of the church as you're talking about the hymns and stuff earlier yeah uh, yes and no that's a good question um yes and no when i took the associate pastor job in virginia um that church to give you a little bit of history a really cool history of that church um are y'all familiar with any uh contemporary christian artist a guy by the name of toby mac yep yeah okay 
Toby Mac grew up in the church that I went to to be the associate pastor. Oh. And um, he grew up a very, very strict Baptist. Uh, In fact, the the church, the former name of the church is called Bethlehem Baptist Church. And um, and Bethlehem Christian Academy is where he graduated uh, high school from. Okay, And that was that was where he was going uh, when he, uh, I guess, co-founded the group DC Talk um, back then. And it was a very, very strict uh, Baptist church. In fact, he, I don't know if you could ever find this anywhere, but he would always tell the story about how, uh, his parents and, and any parent really had to sign, um, all these documents stating that they would never attend the movie theater. They would never, uh, the women would never wear, uh, anything but dresses, no, you know, no pants for the women. Uh, you can't, you know, it's one of those typical, no short hair you know, for women, long hair for men. Right. And it was, you know, there's, there's going to be, you know, a list of things to do and don't do. And, you know, you don't cuss, smoke, chew, or hang around those that do, um, type of thing. And, uh, shortly, but I guess a couple, maybe a year or two, a couple of years before I got there, uh, the pastor, the senior pastor had, had changed the name. And of course it, you know, it caused a little bit of a, uh, an uproar, a <laughs> seismic shift, if you will. Right. Um, yeah. In the church, changing and, the name of a church is a big deal. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a big deal, um, and he changed it to uh, Fair Oaks Church, and it was in the in the Fair Oaks area of Fairfax, Virginia. Is where it was, uh, and so he changed the name. And of course, there were some people that left, and. I think uh, maybe may have been for the better. I don't know. I wasn't there at the time. Excuse me. But um, they kept their Baptist doctrine. It didn't change any of their doctrine. They just because the the reason for the change, the biggest reason for the change was because of the negative connotations. Um, There were people that uh, went to the church since they changed the name and they said, I can remember growing up. Right, And this is one particular story I remember hearing. And this girl said, I can remember growing up and my mom would say, if you, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to send you to that church on Sunday morning. Oh, wow. And that was their right. punishment. You know, it was like, wow. You know, so yeah. it had a very, uh, at the time had a very negative connotation and he changed it. Um, he changed some other things. Uh, we, we had two services on Sunday morning and, they got rid of the Sunday night service and you would have thought that that was going to be a big deal, but it really wasn't. There were so many people in the church, especially the elderly that had a harder time getting out on a Sunday night. And they would be like, oh, thank you so much for, for doing away with it. Once you explain the reason why, and now I don't feel guilty when I can't make it, you know, and I, I, well, a lot of we had a, a lot of people are shamed into not coming to services. Yes, there's more absolutely. emphasis putting on not showing up than there is put on showing up. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, um, so they made that change, um, and that was that was really a, a great change because we had so much of an emphasis on uh, Sunday morning. Um, in fact, we we had a philosophy or a, or a, a mission really. And because we had two services, Hey, come out to both of them, but we want you to sit in one and serve in the other. And, Interesting. 
Yeah. And so, you know, be at both of them fine. Um, but sit in one and serve in the other. And they were identical services. So you just picked ever which one you wanted to, but that's, that's where we've tried to focus people's attention was, Hey, you know what? Church is more about you sitting down and, and just listening. That is a vital part of it and hearing the word of God, but it's also about you serving so that someone else can sit. Right. Absolutely. and and it was a really cool philosophy. But since we moved back, we we wanted to find um, a church that was that had a at least a predominantly a Baptist background, but wasn't necessarily a Baptist name. Now, having said that, I, I wasn't opposed to going to a Baptist church. Still not, um, but. A lot of times, and, and this is not the case always, but a lot of times you will find that the churches that do have a more of a, a Baptist background that don't have a Baptist uh, name on the marquee, uh, they they tend to be a little more uh, contemporary in whether it's their worship, whether it's just their, you know, the the way people dress and uh, that sort of thing. And and there's not an emphasis on you wearing a suit on every Sunday. Now, having said that, if you want to wear a suit every Sunday and that's your business, please do do yeah. that. If that's, that's what you're comfortable with wearing, nobody's going to put you down for doing that, but nobody's going to put you down. If you, if you come in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt, right. Um, Which should be the case. Yes, it should be no matter what the church is, but, um, that that's what we found, and that that's yeah. basically the reason why. So okay, so I wanted to ask you, what's your view on denominations? As far as in, <laughs> yeah, here you go, Mike. Yeah, well, Bill yeah, and I, I just awake. feel like it. Um, it causes a lot of division, and I didn't want to say that in the beginning, but I just wanted to let you kind of share where we come from. Yeah. Um. As far as what was the last word you said? As far as yeah, um, he he asked like an eight part question. The question yeah, was the question was you know why did you feel like uh, well I just wanted to ask what your view was on denominations yeah because Bill and I don't really focus on denominations we talk, we focus more on relationship yeah but right. you know we, because we feel like denominations cause division sometimes yeah. Do you want him to repeat yeah. that whole thing again? No. <laughs> right, me no. either. No, um, no. Good question. Um, I guess really it boils down to: Does that church, whether what, no matter what denomination it's in, does that church abide by the Word of God? That, to me, God's Word, God's, God's, um, what He says in the Bible is. To me, that's the standard, not yeah. what a pastor right says, and not, Absolutely. not what a denomination says. I would, you know, there's a there's a Methodist church that's non-denominational in our town that does an incredible job sharing the message of salvation, right? Um, and not getting to heaven by what you can do or what I can do or how much I paid or how yeah. much I gave in, yeah. in tithes and offerings, but, or how many, you know, how many good neighbors I've, uh, you know, greeted, but, but what, you know, what, what is your message? You know, it's like, 
I've said for years, your methods may change, but your message has to stay the same. Yeah, I agree. And that's Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. As long as, right, as long as you don't break from the principles of the Bible. Yeah. Right. You know, as long as, as long as you don't say, well, now we're going to open, uh, open this up for a different, a different way of making membership in a church. Uh, that's right. not biblical. Then I think you really, as long as you stay with the standards of the Bible. Right. Well, I've said this many yeah. times. You can have 12 churches of the same denomination and only a quarter of them may be teaching the truth. Yeah. So denominations, exactly. it's really irrelevant. Yeah. As long as God, the word of God is the, is the rule book and Jesus is the standard. Yeah, yes. If you have somebody walk into a church that has not given their life over to Christ. And let's just say somebody has never walked into a church. That doesn't mean that they have never been touched by the word of God, that they haven't sure. read the word of God. It just means they haven't been in a church. Does that church really matter? It does if it's from the word of God, from the Bible. But outside of that, it shouldn't. It shouldn't have anything. Uh, it shouldn't have any difference. And what I mean by that, and this is not a slight on any other religion, even though a lot of people know how we stand, you can mm -hmm. walk into a Catholic church and know the difference. If yeah. you're reading the word of God, if you're reading right. the Bible, you'll know the difference. If you yep. read the Bible and you go to a Baptist church, I doubt you'll see a difference in a Baptist church. And, uh, I'd say like an independent fundamental Baptist church. You might see some differences in what they do, but not the, not the preaching from the Bible. There, right. there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be a big difference in those that claim to preach from the Bible and those that you can clearly see that don't or use a different Bible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah abs I think y'all have said it well. That that really, it boils down to one thing and one thing only, and that's what the Bible's about, and that's Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you listened to many of our podcasts? Yeah, I actually, okay. I listened to... Um, uh, the one y'all put out, I guess it was uh, Monday, maybe Monday or when? No, today's Wednesday. So Monday and then last Friday, I started listening to Fridays. Okay, good. And I was listening to <laughs> the <laughs> only reason to ask is we did one on only ism. I don't know. Vist. Yeah, yeah we made like up that. a word. He made up a word I can't say, but anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everybody's you know, denomination is their denomination. Right. Everybody's no like, other. we got to do, we got to read this Bible and we have to do this to, you know, it's like each denomination, each preacher, you know, they, they act like they have the cookie and you have to do it their way. Um, right. And they have, and you mentioned a while ago about the rules, you know, you have denominations with all these rules and stuff. But the Bible should be the rule book. And you, it, when you lead people to a, to a place where Jesus Christ is the focus and the Holy Spirit takes over, yeah. or I don't want to say take over, but is more They're involved. Yeah. Yes. Um, the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit will tell people right from wrong and stuff. You don't, need a, you don't need a rule book. You need people getting to walk with Jesus, being close to the Holy Spirit and actually listening to the Holy Spirit and the rules are taken care of. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And it's, you know, going back to <clears throat> that point of salvation and, you know, thinking that, okay, now I'm not going to hell. I could just live any way I want to. And that's where the person of the Holy Spirit comes in and says, no, it's this thing called conviction that I'm going to give you. <laughs> yeah. It and, took me and, 30 years to get convicted. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, I mean, to be to that point where, you know, I actually turned, I, I believed I went through the steps you went through probably, mm-hmm. probably the same age, roughly nine, 10, 11, but I didn't mm-hmm. truly understand salvation. Uh, until right. I was 49, 50, I can't, unless I sit up, sit and think about the date, but probably 49. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you, uh, I spent that entire time. If I truly was saved, I didn't, I wasn't paying attention to the Holy spirit. I don't believe I was saved. I wasn't paying attention to the Holy spirit and I wasn't living my life in any way, shape or form close to the way I should have been. If I would have placed Jesus Christ in my life. Uh, as my savior and put my faith in him. There's no way. Right. Uh, yeah. I think there's a clear difference that people can see. So, oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's fruit. That's, yeah. That's yeah, for sure. So Mike, I have another question. So okay. what Bill and I started this podcast. Don't add basically, me to this. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. You can add me to that. Okay. Uh, Bill and I started this podcast basically because we, we had a conversation for like three hours and um, we were trying to we were talking about the disconnect between, you know, people know about God and about Jesus, but they still can't. There's there's something that's not uh, drawing them. There's something that keeps them from having that close walk with Jesus Christ. Yeah. And what do you think that is? Well, it obviously it falls on the individual and that varies uh, from person to person. But I think when it comes to today's culture, if you're talking about an overall cultural thing, um, people's minds are so crowded with with other things. And and I'm kind of speaking to myself here when it comes to always being busy, but not getting a whole lot done. Um, our minds are cluttered with, with this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, we don't take a lot of time to really ponder things and, and to meditate on things. And what I mean by that is meditate as a think upon a lot of things. And, you know, some of it, like I said, it's an individual thing, but some of it can be tied to how that person grew up. Yeah. Yeah. As far as um, I'll give my wife as an example, she uh, grew up in a very good home, um, loving, loving parents. But you are not ever going to see her step foot in a Baptist church because of back then, because of the way uh, the kind of negative connotation, the, the hellfire and brimstone and right. condemnation driven messages were they just they they were not going to do that yeah. at all absolutely um, she grew up with ethics and grew up with um, you know love thy neighbor and treat people as you wanted to be treated um, but as far as a personal walk with Christ she didn't have that growing up I think um, a lot of it is upbringing I think it's yeah. all what you're yeah. exposed to it makes us who we are today if you get to this point yeah yeah absolutely yeah, and you're absolutely right. There's, we fill our lives with so much stuff, and a lot of it is necessary. We have to work, and we have to do things like that. But there's mm-hmm. the sports and the activities and all these things. Oh man, it's and so we get crazy. so busy, and we climb in the car, we listen to the radio, we we have all this stuff. We sit at home, we watch TV, and the Holy Spirit just can't communicate with us. No, Mm-mm. right. You get so much stuff in your head. And um, we both made a decision and this isn't our, I mean, it's our show, but it's not, it's not about what (laughs) what we did, but we made a decision to, 
to step away from all of those things that were, so we can say for us, it was setting aside the distractions and making ourselves mm-hmm. available, but it's hard. When I look back, you know, I was telling Alan the other, well, maybe a week or so ago, I told him, I said, you know, if I was still doing my thing, the, you know, the, uh, the work that I was doing before full time, I don't know if I would have walked away from that and been like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, even, even, with salvation, because I think we get locked into, oh, we're doing enough and it's Mm -hmm. not really doing enough. You know, we're, we're doing some stuff. And I think a lot of folks, even, even Alan and I, and we commit to doing this quite a, I mean, we we're doing this quite a bit. We still feel Mm -hmm. like we could do more. So for, for me, I think the disconnect is people don't see that they could. Uh, So the only thing they see is that they can't. Because it's hard to convince somebody with a family and a house and jobs and paychecks and bills and the world to step out on faith. Well, we just got to the point where, you know, we we took the seek ye first commandment in the Bible um, Mm -hmm. to heart. So and but I I wanted to ask you also, I I got a bunch of questions for you. Here we go. uh, A plethora (laughs) of information. But anyway, um. We feel like there's a lot of just superficial Christianity. There are people that check the boxes and they think that's, you know, that's all there is to it. Why do you think people don't um, seek that deeper relationship? Do you think it's leadership or do you think it's, um, where do you think that falls? Well, Good job, Alan. It, it's, uh, that's an interesting question. And you, you said a phrase there that I often refer to and that's checking the boxes. Um, you know, we, I think as human beings and, and yeah, you could you could maybe sum some of it up to leadership. But in the end, every person is responsible for themselves. And it's easier. It's much easier to get out a checklist of do's and don'ts, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I, I do this all the time when I'm when I'm uh, getting things done around the house or I'm yeah, trying to get too. things done at work. You know, it's like I, I'll make this huge list and then. Yep. I'll have so many things I could check off and then go, yay, look at me, Yeah, you know, yeah. to myself and go, wow, look, I'm, I'm it's an accomplishment. And I, yeah. And you, and, and on some level I'm justifying my behavior, whether it's, uh, not as productive as I could be, or, you know, I'm accomplishing something. And I think that's a lot of what it is. I think, you know, we get comfortable, we get complacent, um, in our walk with Christ and say, you know, you, you can, God, you know, you can, you can have my morning, so I'll pray and you can have my time right before I eat a meal and you can have my Sundays or my Wednesdays, but you know, the, my checkbook. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. You yeah. Know, so um, it has to be important to people. That's, you know, you could sit and talk to me about golf. I wouldn't pay attention. Mm-hmm. I just really, I mean, I would might listen for the first 10 minutes, but after that, if you continue right. to talk to me for an hour and a half, I'll lose interest. It right. has to be important to people because you can go to church. You can listen now. Nowadays, you can listen or watch a sermon. You can watch recorded sermons and series. And I mm-hmm. mean, there's so much information out there and you can do that. But unless you're truly invested and interested in it and it's important to you, it's right. not going to you, what you're doing isn't staying with you. It's just there temporarily. I mean, the, the most reasons people go to church is cause they'll leave, you know, they'll go and they'll, they'll watch, they'll go to church, listen to a sermon, they go to lunch. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, if church was open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I don't think you'd increase attendance. I think no, that no, I think wouldn't. I think people go to church the minimum amount of time that it's open uh, because for the most part, and I'm speaking of the most part, not the people that are kind of in our circles right now, mm-hmm. but they just don't have the interest. Right. Uh, right. Well, people don't realize they're going to die. Like, well, hopefully yeah. they, they know that. But, you know, every person is responsible for their own salvation and, and their yeah. walk. But I don't mm-hmm. but people don't know what they don't know. They don't they don't know. How are they ever going to know that there's something deeper? Ah, they know they're going to die. That's my point. Like right. everybody knows they're going to die. Yeah, but they're, but what I'm saying is they go to church and they check that box, but no one ever going to help them. Exactly. Um, yeah. What's the disconnect from them checking the box to desiring that deep it relationship? Is the, it is the only relationship. The one you have with Jesus Christ is the only relationship that makes a difference in your life. Period. Absolutely. Yeah. It will fix your yeah. marriage. It will fix your mm-hmm. friendships. It will fix your fellowships. It will uh, it will fix every other thing in your life, that one relationship. Your relationship with your wife won't fix your your relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Right. It's the other way around. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no doubt. And in fact, you know, 100, 100 years from now, our relationship with Jesus will be the only one that does matter. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. What did we do with Christ? You know, and that's it. I joke with my wife all the time. She likes to take naps and I'm like, you're going to sleep your life away. <laughs> you're going to look back, you know, in a hundred years. And she's like, yeah, but I won't be tired in heaven. <laughs> like, yeah, you have a good point. <laughs> right. Oh man, it's so, crazy. I, you know, I know we get off on denominations a little bit and uh, religion. And it's interesting. I didn't even even reading through the the extensive questionnaire we put together for people, uh, I didn't see anywhere in there all the stuff that you have done uh, in the ministry, which is uh, which is cool. And the places right. you've been, I mean, it gives you such a a better understanding of you know of denominations. And you know, I saw uh, about the Bible where you wrote a lot of the translations uh, that you've looked at. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. you know, if you, if, if most people in general would just increase their knowledge base, it, I right. think it, I think it develops interest in a subject, the more that you learn. Yeah. And because you went to Bible college, uh, and you were a youth pastor and pastor to church, I think a lot of that stimulates your interest in your relationship. Well, it has to, I don't think you could be a pastor if it didn't. Right. Right. Yeah. And it, it, to the everyday person who's trying to follow Christ on a daily basis, that to me is the difference between checking the box. In other words, okay, I'm going to read a verse today and then I'm going to pray and then I'm going to go about my busy day. That's all fine and dandy. But at what point are you going to say, okay, this particular verse, what does it mean to me? How can I apply it to my life? Yeah. And let me pick up maybe a commentary on it, or maybe, maybe let me read what somebody wrote about it, or let me just follow up with another verse and try to study it a little bit more and try to expand, you know, your understanding of it, or maybe go, you know, and reference it in the old Testament to understand context and yeah, I mean, and it doesn't take a Bible scholar to do that. I'm no, living proof of that. Jeez, me so, too. And so is Alan. <laughs> we yeah. both. I, I'll tell you, man, there's two types of people. There's 
the people that want to because they have a desire, which I believe it truly stimulates from a desire to have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And then there's the ones God brings to their knees. And that will yeah. stimulate the desire. Those are the, mm-hmm. those are the two. If somebody, you know, we, and Alan, and I have talked to people that are like, you know, we will share the gospel with them, talk about a relationship. And they're like, you know, I'm good. I just feel like if I go through life and treat everybody well, and I'm a good person, uh, you know, and it's and, and they believe that theory, like they believe mm-hmm. I'm not selling you my theory. Yeah. I'm right. I'm trying to talk. Yeah. I'm talking to you about Jesus Christ. It has nothing yeah. to do with Bill. Uh, So it's interesting to me, uh, to me, there's two different, two different ways that you can come to Christ and that's willingly. And I, and it's not like, I hate to say unwillingly, it's not, it's not that, or you'll go through an event in your life Mm -hmm. that will turn you to Christ, uh, which was my case. Um, But anyways, it's, it's actually, I find it very amazing how, how many people know to invest time in college yeah. to, to get a better career? Yeah. They know to invest time in their job to yeah. get, you know, a better position. They know to invest all this stuff in worldly things, yet there's a disconnect between investing quality time with Jesus to secure mm-hmm. and to establish a relationship that's going to last f- for eternity. Dude, on the flip right. side of that, they think there's a limit. Like they limit themselves in their relationship with Christ. The, the glass ceiling we were talking about yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, they put a limit yeah. there. You know, one guy could tell me how many minutes he was in church every week. And <sighs> and to me, like, we're so good at saying, well, I have all this stuff going on. Yeah. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. oh, man, I got to go to work and I got to. You, yeah. you have to do that because of you. Well, this I'm speaking from experience. Right. Yeah, me too. When you put yeah. Jesus yep. in there and you have that close relationship with Jesus, um, all the other stuff yeah. works out. Yep. You got to take so much better. Yeah. yeah. And I just wish I could share that with people uh, when I'm talking to them. I wish I could just share that experience and be like, this is what a day with Jesus is like. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not perfect. No. Yeah. We all have problems, but the sure. problems are just so much easier to go through. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb, Mike, and say that in the course of your life, uh, 50 some years or 50 years, that there's been some bad times, even though you've turned your life to Christ at 13. Oh, no doubt. Right. Yeah. It's not without problems. It's just we know where to go (laughs) with our problems. Yeah, it's absolutely. You're not uh, devoid of having issues. It's who (laughs) who you can. present those issues too and say, yeah. I can't do this on my own. Yeah. Every and single issue I ever had in my life was because of me had nothing. It yeah. wasn't because of Jesus. It didn't, right. it didn't have anything to do was, with my relationship with God. It, I mean, the bad yeah. things that res, resulted was because of my behavior and my choices. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to learn. And, and not all of us get that to begin with because we want to make excuses yeah. Um, and, and I'm guilty certainly of that, of saying, well, you know, if it wasn't their fault, well, if it right. wasn't for, you know, it wasn't <laughs> for them, I wouldn't be doing this. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times God allows some things, you know, sure. to happen to us, but a lot of times it's because of our own doing. Right. Well, the problem no is we try to figure out why. Yeah. I think God puts, mm-hmm. puts silly people in our lives sometimes just to yeah. make us look to him more. Or like, yeah, you know, I'm confronted by people occasionally where I'm like, okay, 
He's God teaching did this, me something. Yeah, there's a lesson in this. <laughs> right. So, and it's not always like we laugh about it now, but it's not always, you know, it's not all jokingly. Like I can't mm-hmm. look back on some things. I mean, there's been some things that I, you know, I can say God taught me this through that, but in the moment right. I would never have seen that. Yeah. Like I just yeah, said, it was exactly. so devastating or, you know, it brought up such bad things. It was so difficult that, um, you know, I mean, it's just, I think, I think the more people that understood that a relationship with him doesn't remove the problems. It just means that there's someone that you can go to. Uh, and yeah. there, there are solutions. I mean, prayer is a, you know, prayer's a, an amazing Avenue reading your Bible's an amazing Avenue, yeah. um, to develop that relationship. Yep. But I think yes. people just it's turn away from it. With God. Yeah. I think people just turn away from it, man. They just, my, my whole thing is people are going to die. Like we're all going to die, mm-hmm. but there Correct. is, there is absolutely eternal salvation. You know, there's yeah. eternity after that. That means no end. There's an eternity to it. And people are just yep. okay with being here in this world and poof, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's sad to me. Yes, uh, it is. Uh, it's, it's, I had a conversation with, uh, um, with a guy, I won't name who it is, but it's a guy I went to high school with that we we're still good friends on, on Facebook. He lives clear across the country, but, um, he, he and I, I mean, you've got to love, uh, religious arguments on Facebook, right? Oh, I mean, geez, we all live man. for that. Right. So he, had, I had said something and he said something kind of snarky back to me and I, I just kind of jokingly said something snarky back to him. And, and he said, you know, we just went back and forth and it was kind of a half joking thing, but I was going to defend my ground. Um, I wasn't getting upset about it and he was, or he wasn't, I don't know. But I said, look, here's the bottom line with me. If you are right and there is no God, then when I die, I'm still going to be okay. But if there is a God and there is a Jesus Christ I'm going to be okay, but you're not right. We have nothing to lose. Yeah. Like when you think about it, our argument isn't even an argument. We just don't have, (laughs) there is no argument. It's not convincing somebody. They have everything to lose. And I'm talking about somebody that doesn't seek salvation through Jesus Christ. They have everything to lose. Absolutely everything. And why wouldn't they be concerned about their children or their children's children or their parents? You know, and that's yeah. the, that's the whole thing. You know, it's not just, oh, I'm a good person. I'm going to be okay. No, nah. you're, so your parents don't matter without Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. Nobody's no. going to be okay. No. And that's yeah. a good point, Mike. I mean, we, we talk about that sometimes and we, uh, you know, I just sit here and I think about the people that, that I've talked to that believe that philosophy and, you know, it's a selfish mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, it is. It's just all about me type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good Debbie Downer <laughs> note to end on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Well, great job, Mike. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah. Nah, man, I would love to have you back on uh, where it's not yeah. more of a question and answer thing and maybe just get you to, we'll pick a topic and study it out, uh, give you some advance notice and maybe we come on here and uh, pick each other's brains. I think it'd yeah, be cool. I- I would love that. I would, uh, I appreciate the offer and I would love to do that anytime. Yeah. Cool. Uh, We're going to hold you to it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, if, uh, if you come up with some questions or something that we didn't ask you, man, just send me, shoot me an email and I'm going to send you a a text after this, just so we have each other's numbers programmed. 
I'm sure you okay. do, but um, that way we'll have each other's numbers. And I, I'm, I was serious. I'd love to do this again, maybe in a week or yeah. two. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, uh, well, Alan's got I, I just, here we go. Yeah, here it goes. Another question. Um, actually, no, I was reading the last question that uh, was on the questionnaire, and you said, um, yes, I'd like to know more about you two, the two of you. Um, is there anything that you want to ask us? Well, um, we can table it for another discussion if y'all have to go, but I would love love to hear y'all's background and story and and uh, and where you're headed with your podcast. What are, what are your yeah. ambitions? What are your goals? Wow. Yeah. That I mean, As that well. might be an hour, but I mean, it's pretty, yeah. So let's, let's plan on doing that one, yeah. um, in okay. a week or so. Yeah. Don't great. forget. Sure. Don't forget that. I'll write that down in yeah. some questions and then definitely for sure. Because I'll get your address when we get done with this. Cause I'm going to send you some stickers and stuff. Because I love sharing cool. my story. I had, I grew up with a, a Christ center granddad and my uh, dad. Listen, next episode. Alan, I know. I'm Alan. Just, hey, this is, <laughs> this is the cliff notes. And, <laughs> okay. and I just saw God work in their lives. Uh, and then once my dad passed and, and I started my relationship with Jesus, um, I see him working in mine and it's just, it's just amazing. Yeah. And mine will shock you. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Mine will leave you with your jaw hanging. All out. right, brother. Well, you have a great day. Sounds All right. Good. See you buddy. I'll holler at you in a minute. Okay. Thanks Bye. man. I enjoyed it. Bye. Bye. So that's it for this episode. We're glad you listened and hope you'll come back. Visit www.graceworkswithanx.net to listen to past episodes, read our daily devotions or provide feedback. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, send us a message through Instagram, Facebook, or our website. And if these episodes have been an encouragement to you in any way, please share them. Have a blessed day.